from Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict episode 214. Today's show is brought to you by Pen Chalet and Harry's. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Bradley Dowdy. Uh, do, do you know my name really is Bradley? We've had this conversation yeah. um, in the past, and I could never remember which way around it was, whether you yeah. were or weren't Bradley. I, I am Bradley, but with no E. Yeah, yeah, because that's your email address, right? Or like you have right. a domain or something with the without yes. the e. Yes. So uh, Doug Beal, you already get it, uh, your your title struck down because you spelled it wrong. Bradley with no e. Uh, don't ask me. I have no idea why. Well, it's like my mum. Uh, her name is Deborah, mm-hmm. and it is spelled D E B R A. Ah, uh, yeah, that's legit right there. Yeah, that's a great way to spell that name, mm-hmm. rather than with the O in the middle, and yeah. D-E-B-O-R-A-H, that's a, not a right. good name. Well, I mean, you're Mike with no I, so... Not I technically. the conversation ends there. My mom didn't give me that name. <laughs> For all intents and purposes, though. She doesn't even call me Mike. She calls me Michael. I can see that. Everyone in my family does. See, no one calls me Bradley. Never, never have. And I don't mind. I like Bradley. Bradley's a good name, but it's one of those things. What a peculiar start to this week's episode. I know. Well, I mean, it's just a carryover from the pre-show yep. <laughs> routine that we were having. Um, and, you know, the first topic we're going to talk about is the Trump pen that we talked about. Um, so there's lots of names that uh, can can go with this pen, right? So we we were asked in, in one of our Ask TBA questions last week about um, if Donald Trump were a pen, what would he be? And we both immediately jumped to the chaos pen, and we actually let a bunch of people down, Mike. Um, they thought the scribble pen was the clear answer. What do you, a what lot do you think of, of people what do you think said about scribble. Um, and I, I can agree with why people say scribble, but the thing is, while scribble was ridiculous, it's not real. Trump is real. <laughs> Yeah. So, but then I thought the visionaire was another good choice that several people mentioned, but it hit me after the show that if I had time to think about it more, I would have totally gone with the new Esther Brook because that's real and it's a phony, you know, it's, it's an American brand trying to revitalize America, trying to make American pins great again by making their pins in China and India. I'm like, if that's not the perfect Trump pin, I don't know what is. Plus they're, tacky and gaudy and overpriced i mean uh, that's it i mean it's got to be right when i saw you say that somewhere i was like actually that was the best option that's the one we should have gone with yep so yep totally or we could have gone with the real donald trump pin right so we got we got this linked a bunch well he's already he already is a pin there's the 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 talking donald trump pin have you seen this only because it's in the document (laughs) So it has all the quotes listed in there. If you scroll down uh, en- enough, it says like one of the quotes is, I love China. I just sold an apartment for $15 million to somebody from China. <laughs> this would be a great pen. We will have so much winning if I get elected that you may get bored with winning. That's a great quote. It's just tough for me to even <laughs> find it funny. You know, <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So I, I think the, the, the final conclusion is that Trump is the new Esther Brooke. I think that's the most perfect matchup if I've ever seen, if I've ever seen. So we'll, we will stick with that and uh, that'll be our final answer. What do you think? Yeah, I like it. Well, considering they're, they're, 
there is no better option. That's what yeah. we're going to go with. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So better options are definitely on the docket today than, than Trump. But we had to clear that up because there was uh, some some good response from that. So I am a Blackwing volume subscriber. I have been since day one. And when they very first teased the Blackwing's volumes edition, they did this montage video where they just kind of had all these representations of different things music arts film sports music and in the teaser trailer this is well over a year ago they had um a gentleman by the name of jackie robinson which was the first african-american baseball player and his number 42 is retired throughout the major leagues like no player on any team can wear the number 42 so i thought for sure that eventually we're going to get a number 42 um Blackwing, and they uh, they pulled a switcheroo and did another really cool thing with this latest release. It's Blackwing Volume Fifty Six, the Joe DiMaggio edition. And I know this doesn't really resonate with you, Mike, and uh, understandably so. Yeah, I can get it though. Like I know why he is a big deal. I know why this would Mm -hmm. be a big deal. Like uh, the fact that I know the name Joe DiMaggio, like Mm -hmm. it, it tells me what I need to know. Yeah, well, like he's so. I mean, he was married to Marilyn Monroe once, right? You know, he's famous in that way. You know, his name's in songs. You know, um, here's to you, Mrs. Robinson. You know, his name is in that, so people, uh, you know, have always heard his name. But they did this volume fifty six because it's considered one of the most unbreakable records um, in baseball history. Um, for he had a hit, at least one hit in fifty six games straight, and no one's really come close in my lifetime. Like maybe I think there's been a couple in the forties, like in the past. 20 years um there's definitely been plenty of hit streaks in the 30s so i thought it was pretty cool and the the kicker is you know joe dimaggio is most famous for being a yankee i think you know and the yankees are you know the manchester united or like the whatever the premier uh football teams are the dallas cowboys you know every elite franchise the yankees is the elite historical baseball franchise and i've never been a yankees fan but they did such a really good job with this pen it's white with the blue pinstripes gold ferrule blue eraser and luckily, since I love the paint job so much, I'm thankful that it uses the Blackwing 602 core, which is the firmest one, which is what I like. Like if this one came with the soft core that came in the uh, the moon, uh, I forget the, the one with the film that was compressed onto the uh, barrel, I forget the exact name of it. I don't ever use those because it's a really, really soft core. And um, the 602 is definitely the best, definitely the firmest. So I was ecstatic to get to see what this was. And then when I got it in the mail, the first thing I did, I mean, when I opened it, I opened the box and right on the top of the box is a coin. And I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I was like, what is this? I don't recall any conversation about this. And what it is, is a challenge coin. Um, I, I'm guessing you're familiar with that, right? I've, what a challenge I've coin heard is. of it from um, is it Radiotopia that does them or ninety nine percent invisible or something? There's a podcast that has challenge yeah, coins. Yeah, ninety nine percent invisible does it. And I haven't, I wasn't really totally familiar with them. To uh, one of our followers, um, Austin uh, is in the military, and he showed he's put up some some of his challenge coins on the on Instagram and stuff that I follow. And it's basically the idea is you're part of this club, you have this coin and you should carry the coin with you. And if another member comes up and shows you their challenge coin and you don't have yours on you at the time, you basically owe them something, either 
in a challenge, right? They make you do something or like Blackwing recommends, well, you have to allow them to steal one of your pencils, something like that. So it's just kind of cool. It was a it was an unexpected surprise and it's all for all the um, members who have been a member since the beginning. It, it, it marked the year one membership. And a friend of the show, TJ Crossgrove, uh, designed the pencil side of the coin. So I thought that was pretty cool. He reached out to oh, me sweet. when I t- took a picture of mine. Um, and I told him we need to get him on the podcast. So I I have his uh, his pencil. Uh, gosh, what did they say? Pencil, pencil, international pencil something. Uh, t-shirts that he did. So he's, he's a really cool dude. And he's over there in your neck of the woods. I got to say... I really wish I cared about Woodcase Pencils more because Blackwing continued to do interesting stuff. So mm-hmm. I know I've had like things to say about some of their previous limited editions. I don't mm-hmm. think all of them have been brilliant. Sure. But what they have done is locked in to what makes it collectible, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't like the previous one, the all black one. That's just like, mm-hmm. what's the point? Mm-hmm. Um, but the. I think maybe half of them I've liked. I like the one that was that moon one. And yeah. I like the first one, the guitar one, a little bit mm-hmm. more. But mm-hmm. the the kind of the plain ones don't really float my boat so much. But I know yeah. that they have interesting like graphite inside, which makes them more exciting. But doing things like the uh the challenge coin and stuff like that, like they are now kind of establishing their own path rather than just imitating other companies that do this yeah right because at first obviously the reason they did this is because of field notes right like that they're they're the reason you would do something like this make something that's collectible right field mm-hmm. notes was at least i know the first kind of stationary company to do this type of thing mm-hmm. but now it feels like black queen have found their own identity and they're forging forward of it like in the challenge coin is a really good example of that i think this is this is the the turning the corner edition. Yeah, it is like this is the one where I think people will. I think they'll see a bump of subscribers saying, "Oh, okay, now we're talking with this release." Even if they're not a Dimaggio fan or a baseball fan at all, it's just a flat out cool pencil with that happens to have a great story behind it. Um, and they did such a good job. It's like. Gosh, I don't know. I don't know which field notes like kind of kind of turned the corner to say, oh, this Raven's is like wing. different. Yeah, probably Raven's Wing when it went all black with the orange band. I think that's when people kind of noticed it. And I think that's probably exactly when I subscribed to. Yeah, um, that was, that's the first field notes I remember ever seeing. And I didn't mm-hmm. buy them. Uh, right. The first ones, I mean, we've been through this before, but the first ones that I went with was the ones that had the Steno, not Steno, the, the um, Letra set. What was it called? Oh, um, the one where you dry transfer dry transfer that was the first one that i went with because i thought the gimmick was really cool Mm -hmm. but i remember i vividly remember seeing an ad for the raven's wing on Darren fireball yeah and i was like whoa what are these things but i just didn't buy them for whatever reason yeah Um, but yeah so that but yeah i think that was their turning point and i agree with you this this is making this is raising my eyebrows right 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 now i think it was about the same time frame um, right after the first year, um, when, this is Black Blackwing's fifth launch. Let's see when is Raven's Wing. Um, it's it's right at the end of that first year, so it's kind of getting their their feet wet, if you will, you know, to try to figure out what they want, what they want to do. Then all of a sudden, okay, now it's time to uh, to uh, you know put the pedal to the metal and really do something cool. So let me pull this up. 
Where's Ravens? Because I, I, I want to see this. We should get uh, to look at the sweet new website again. Yeah. So it was number eight um, field notes. So it was at the end of that first year. So wrapping up, I mean, end of the second year. So, you know, they that was about the time where where they got their mojo. So this is definitely one of those mojo deals, right? Yep. So um, very cool. So good job by Blackwing. Um, I was super excited. Um, I haven't bought any extras. I don't necessarily need more than uh, than 12 of these. And I've already given, the kids have already uh, each commandeered theirs. So, um, you know, I'm already down to about uh, eight or nine. So I might buy one more box just to have, but uh, you know, I don't go through that many pencils. So I probably don't need it. But anyway, it, it was, it, it was definitely a noticeable aura about this release like it's time and they, they stepped it up so good job by them um, and they're good folks over there um, I enjoy uh, talking with them we we'll talk to them from from time to time and uh, just a, a bunch of good people so when I got my um, my black wing I took out my coom masterpiece long point sharpener which is kind of considered this is at least what Andy and the erasable guys Andy and Tim and Johnny bought me this um, sharpener and sent it to me because they found it to be the best handheld sharpener and at the time they got it for me you couldn't get them very easily in the u.s so i keep this one at my desk and it is a really good sharpener it's a two-step sharpener so you put it in the first um first slot to kind of get the long lead um i mean the long wood kind of trimmed down and then you put it in the second shorter slot to fine tune the graphite and to make it sharp and the blades are nice the metal's nice and i put it up on put this picture up on instagram and everyone's like what's that sharpener where can i get it what's that sharpener where can i get it and um our good friends at cw pencils were able to start stocking this like a couple of months ago so if you're interested in it it's um it's at cw pencils we'll have a link in the show notes it's 17 dollars um so it's not cheap but it's it makes the point that i like on the pen i like a really really long point um, which I can get with my classroom friendly pencil sharpener, but that's a desk sharpener. It's not going in my backpack. Um, so yeah, this masterpiece is handmade from magnesium and has a two blade system with a m- removable break situated on the end. So what is the break? I don't get. Yeah, it. I don't know. That's the uh, end. The blue part. The blue part. It'll stop the point from you running the whole pencil straight through. Like there's no stop in the in a handheld in this handheld sharpener. So if the blue break isn't there, you can just keep pushing through and sharpen to infinity. If that makes sense, you can just go through the whole pencil in one shot. <laughs> I mean, I it might take notice. you. It might take you like thirty minutes, but you could do it. <laughs> How interesting! But it, but it also comes with blades. Like you can replace the blades, and it comes with it. It's like built into the back of that stopper, and then um, it comes in with like a little pouch, which is perfect for. Uh, yeah, there's, in, there's in two things I really like about the look of this. One, the little pouch that it comes with, because that's just cool. Yeah. That it comes in, you get this little pouch to keep it in. Like, it's not the pack, it's packaging, but it's what you keep it in. Right. It's like a little material pouch. Yeah, that's what it sits in in my desk. But I also love that it just says the masterpiece <laughs> on it. It's like they um they know it, and they're not afraid to just say, this is it, guys. I mean, we're the bomb. And if you're using another sharpener, you're lame. Yep. This so looks like a bit give, of a no-brainer, honestly, if you're a, if you're yeah. a woodcase pencil person. Yeah. So give me $17. <laughs> 
it seems to be worth it though i mean you know i I appreciate those guys uh hooking me up with it they had to order them from germany i believe and they ordered enough to give out a couple of extra ones and they were thoughtful enough to send me one so i appreciated erasable guys you rule and uh i use the heck out of this thing and i i carry it with me can you believe there's a podcast about pencils (laughs) what the hell are they thinking how weird how weird What's funny, I haven't uh, listened to it this week, but the timing is impeccable. They just did episode 56 for Blackwing 56. Um, just a happy accident. How cool is that? That's the kind of stuff that you, you can't write. It's like when we happened upon episode 150 mm-hmm. being the live episode. Yeah. Right? It's like that's just kind of magic right there. Right. Yep. It's all pencil magic, man. They're, they, work, they work the pencil magic over there. Love that show. Love those guys. Um, and they had uh, Caitlin on this week from um, CW Pencils, in fact, which we still got to get Caroline on. What is your problem? What's the holdup? You're the booker. (laughs) That's your job. I know. I know. I'm the worst. I am the worst booker. Like I tell people all the time, you should come on the show. And then like I follow up and then I just like my schedule gets well, out of whack and I don't know what I'm doing. you're the best booker in the world because I don't have to do anything and people <laughs> appear. Have you ever booked a guest for the show? I'm trying to think. Probably. I booked Probably Tiff. at some point. Yeah. Okay. So you booked Tiff. There's certainly there's someone in, in yeah. the past, but I mean, we've had some good guests in the past we that have. people forget. Like we, I want to get Ryder Carroll back on because this whole bullet, we've had him on twice before when Bullet Journal was like a thing, but not like well, we a, had him on when it, thing. when it just came out, right? Remember yeah. when he unveiled the website and kind of blew the pants off the stationary world? We had him yeah. on then, um, yeah. and then we had him on at the Kickstarter, right? But it's gone to a whole nother level of crazy, yep. like legit crazy. Uh, bullet journal stuff now i'd like to get him on to get his perspective of what's changed so um writer if you're listening i'll i'll, I'll shoot you an email episode never, 70 mm-hmm. and episode 124 mm-hmm. were writer carol's appearances so he's long overdue because so much has changed like i it's funny i look at all this bullet journal stuff now i'm like do you even know where this came from like you're just seeing it now from like the the fancy instagram post but like the do you know the origin story and do you know who Ryder carol is well we knew Ryder carol before he was uh, a super <laughs> mega star yeah so you know and we we've had uh super like see this is like this fun digression we had before the show we've had superstar sketchnoter mike Rody on a couple times yep. we've got to get him back on um he's super famous now um you know we we knew these people back back when right and just like we knew our, our first sponsor way back when when they started and that's our, our good buddies at pen chalet oh yeah look at the that's so good i'm legit strong today man bring it you are on fire today you i'm so impressed Pen Chalet. I've got a great deal today, actually. I think you're going to oh, like this one. I'm going to go look. Pen Chalet sell authentic, amazing rollerballs, fountain pens, ballpoints, mechanical pencils. They have all the stationery that you're going to need. They have all the accessories you're going to need. Carrying cases, holders, refills, fountain pen converters from all of your favorite brands. What if you like Kaveco? What if you like Pelican, Lamy, Pilot, or Namiki, or Sailor, even? You can go to Pen Chalet and get them. As I always say, Pen Chalet should be your first stop when you go to buy a pen because there are many good reasons here. They do a 100% satisfaction guarantee. They sell internationally with great shipping rates. They do free shipping on orders of over $50 in the United States. And you can get 10% off on anything at the Pen Chalet at any time and also support this show. All you need to do 
is go to penchalet.com. You click the podcast link at the top of the website. You enter the password penaddict and you will get the 10% code for the week because it changes every week now. And also you get access to a whole host of special offers. This one is, maybe it was last week or the week before we spoke about the Lamy Pico. Yeah. So this is one of my current favorite carry pens. So we yep. talked about the discussion came about because I'm using my fountain pens less because of my work situation, how I'm working these days. You know, I'm traveling to knock three days a week when I'm at knock. It's not a very fountain pen friendly environment. Like I'm not sitting at a desk and my pens are there and I'm writing on, you know, the perfect, you know, display desk area that I have set up for writing, you know, so I'm like up and down and writing notes um, as I go. It could be on a sewing table. It could be on my hand, you know, holding the pad in my hand. It could be on our shipping desk, whatever. So I've been carrying three pens recently. Uh, One is the Fisher Space Pen. Two is the Shone Design. I did the stainless for a while while I was reviewing it. It's too heavy. Um, I talked to Ian about that and he kindly sent me the aluminum version, which is way better. Um, and then I've been carrying the Lamy Pico because it's just a kick butt pen. And I'm actually kind of mad because the only one I have now is the white one. I haven't seen this blue one before. I'm wondering if it was just released. I got the orange one in for review. I sent it to Jeff. So I, I gave up my orange one, but this black one is just kind of pretty sick. Um, people do like to make fun of my white one, but I do like white pens from time to time. Um, I'm going to have to get one of these other colors. So the orange is super hot fire orange. I mean, it is like lava orange. Um, the chrome is pretty sick too, but I think, I think I might have to get a black one to go with white. It looks like a smooth matte black. Um, and these are a really good deal. I mean, under 30 bucks for the Pico, it, it goes down into like a small, um, barrel when you have the the nib retracted when you click it and when you have it extended it's a full-size writer i if you can't tell i i really love this pen and lamy ballpoints they're maybe the best standard ballpoint ink refill i use because i use the besides the pico i use the lamy 2000 ballpoint um, both of them in blue. They ship with blue. Um, i love companies who ship blue ballpoints instead of black i never use black ballpoints um, they're really good, um, better than certainly better than a Fisher Space Pen refill, and you know without the the pressurized option, of course. So have I babbled on enough about it? Because there's some other you cool have. things on this page. You have there's there's tons more. I mean, Ron basically heard you talking about it and was like, I can do a deal on it. So he's doing a great <laughs> deal. Yeah, I'm gonna order a black one when we're done. Maybe a blue one. I don't know. They retail at uh forty five dollars. Um, you, they're on sale for thirty three thirty for pen addict listeners, but you can also get your ten percent, right? So you get twenty nine ninety seven. You'll be able to pick one of these up for. This is in the orange and blue to get the deal. Oh, good. So then I can get the blue to get the deal. Yep. Then you get nice. it for twenty nine ninety seven, which is a fantastic deal. As always, go to penchalet dot com. P e n c h a l e t dot com. Thank you so much to Penchalet for sponsoring this show and Relay FM. I'm going to talk about one more pen on his page because I have to uh, ask ask the listeners to tell me about, and I've been eyeballing this pen, and I've had it in my cart several times, but I never pulled the trigger. It's the Visconti Millennium Arc Moonlight Fountain Pens. It has this kind of that crescent filling system where it's got a little ring sleeve that folds over this le- lever that 
it's like a crescent that's this arc system that they use and you pull that to fill you know the uh, to fill the fountain pen to p- draw the ink in it's like a little sack in there so it just kind of pressurizes it in there so i'm just wondering i've seen a couple of reviews the reviews have been hit or miss it looks like an interesting filling system but it's a really good deal on the pen it's like 200 bucks so um i might research that a little bit more myself when we are done with this wonderful episode of the pen Attic podcast this uh visconti has more of what i hate about visconti <laughs> they do some weird stuff I'll, I'll admit that's what's that's my hesitation it's, it's like, like okay uh, we've, we've given you a regular clip oh amazing it's not like a horribly garish clip but we stuck this thing in the middle it's like oh god <laughs> they, they, and i know loads of people like them rightly yeah. so right they're, they're cool looking pens they're great you know people love them it's sure. just so not my style at all yeah there's a, a one garish minimum per uh, Visconti. So they, when they took care of you on the clip, they had to... <laughs> yeah, they know they can only do one thing. <laughs> <laughs> there's like, you know, there's a boardroom and they're discussing the garish quota on the panel. <laughs> we just can't do it. We just can't do uh, it. All right, tell me about the Platinum Plazier. I don't even Plazier. know. Plazier. Yeah, I'm going to go with Plazier. Um I've definitely reviewed it. I don't know if we've talked about it on this pin. It's kind of uh, one of my uh, uh, Twitter followers tweeted me this week, and he had been in New York. He actually lives in Atlanta. Um, he he had been in New York doing the stationary tour that we do, right? Nice. Uh, that we did with with June, and uh, I'm gonna get to see June at the DC Pin Show, and you're not gonna be there, so aha. Um, I just want to throw that out there. Yep. Um, and he reminded me that uh, I should reconsider the Platinum Plazier for the top five less than 20 pens, which is pretty much the beginner fountain pen category. And he's absolutely right. Platinum's nibs on their cheap pens, if you will. They're not cheap pens, but they're inexpensive pens. Starting with the Preppy, which is like a $3 pen, up to the Plazier and then up to the Cool um, are exceptional, especially for those like me who like a fine tipped uh fine nibbed fountain pen they do fine and i think in the preppy they even do an extra fine these are wonderful wonderful pens wonderful writers i've never had a problem with the most inexpensive platinum i guess they get a little bit lost in the shuffle because if you put it up next to the metropolitan side by side they look great it it matches it in looks the plazier is feather light where the Metropolitan has that brass barrel, um, so it's got the it's got a little bit of a heft that people probably look for in this price range. That that that's what makes the price range stand out. You pick up that pen, you go, "Oh, this is only fifteen dollars." Where the Plazier, you're like, "Oh, this is really nice. Wow, it's really light." You know, I kind of expected something more. So I think that's the only hangup. But when you try it and use it, it's actually. A really really great pen i when i reviewed it i fawned over it i remember i haven't gone back and looked up that review but i remember how much i enjoyed that pen but i do think it gets lost in the shuffle because of its lightweight um so i end up not recommending it as much because i think for someone who's never used a fountain pen they will kind of go aha this is wonderful more with a pilot metropolitan as opposed to a plazier or safari or even the eco so um but it's certainly one worth mentioning and if especially if you're into the japanese uh fountain pens and you like those fine nibs that's 
a wonderful, wonderful writer. Never tried it. Never, never it's tried worth it. it. It's the Plazier is one of those pens that's worth owning. Okay, it's just a good pen, um, and uh, really the nibs are exceptional. They just are. All right, I'll take a look. Yeah. Our next pen that we wanted to discuss today is something that you are convinced we have spoken about on the show, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I have never heard of it before. Okay, then we must not have. So I don't know if if like it's completely gone out of my brain. Like I I don't know. Well, Um, I'll tell you when once we talk about it, I will tell you my my story of why I think, but um, it may just be in my head. This is a Monte Grappa monstrosity, I guess. (laughs) Like the chaos, you know, it's another in their monstrosities line. It's not quite to that level, but yeah, we're it's head, it's it's on the path. Well, this one kind of, I think of it as like a monstrosity, and what they're attempting to do, or what they're trying to. That's I don't fair. Know, what what yes. they're, they're try, kind of saying. Oh, by the way, the Plasia is on Panchale. Yes, definitely. Cool. I've just I've put that in the show notes. I was looking there, to see if you could get it. There. So I was wondering what place was to get it, and of course, mm-hmm. Panchale is the place to get it. Um, so the. I don't even know why this pen... Well, actually, I do know why this pen exists. I don't know why anyone thinks they could make it. So it is a fountain pen with four um, bays, I guess, for ink cartridges. So you put Mm -hmm. four ink cartridges in it, and then there's like a bolt mechanism to twist the cartridges around, um, to I guess, to reconnect them to the feed or something. The, The mechanism is a little lost on me. It's basically a revolver. Where you put six bullets in, except you put four ink cartridges in. Yeah, because there is it does kind of look like a gun. <laughs> and right, so go ahead. Th- it just seems ridiculous to me because, like, they, they talk about in this article on Quill and Pad, like, how does it work? Like, wouldn't it just your all your ink's going to get mixed up when you change them around, right? And because it's all going to be in the feed. And Monte Grappa provide this little cleaning system thing, so you can mm-hmm. clean out the feed. But I just think at that point, why are you even doing it? Like, if right. you haven't come up with some kind of magic mm-hmm. to to be able to swap the colors around real easy, like it's a, a multi-pen, mm-hmm. then there's no point in doing this. Because if you've got to carry around this little cleaning equipment and clean it, <laughs> then what? you might as well just have an extra cartridge. In you. I mean, it just doesn't make any yeah. sense to me. Well, none of that's the problem. <laughs> right? I mean, tell them what the problem is. Oh, how much is it? Is that the problem? It's it's ten thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean, yes, of course that is ridiculous. But I, I'm just like from a technical perspective, it's it's ten thousand dollars for aggravation. A pain in, yeah, for a pain. I don't really get it. I mean, I know as I said, I know why it exists because to non-fountain pen users, this seems like wow. You know, for the same reason the chaos exists, right. It's like, oh my god, look at this thing. Like, you can put so many ink cartridges in it. It's amazing. But really, <laughs> but it, it's it, no it function. It can't be functional. It. Right. Yeah. It can't be functional. And I mean, this is this is well over a year ago, right? I mean, when this article came out, that's April. I know we talked about it back then, because I, I was talking with Kenro because they carry Montegrappa. That was the time when I was reviewing some OMOS for them and they sent me the link of 
hey, look at this. Um, I went back through. I have an, I have an 80 email thread <laughs> with Kenro, so I didn't dig through all of it. But I know at some point last year we talked about it. I looked through some of the show notes. I couldn't find that we actually linked to it in the show notes, so I can't say what episode. But everyone in the chat room is like, yeah, we've talked about this. We've heard about this. We've seen this before. And I know it sticks in my head because mm. it, I knew the price before y'all before I even looked at it because I, I we've gone through this uh, before. So I do not remember it. And yeah. it is not in the show notes, which is a surprise to me. So yeah, same here. here is a challenge, Panatic yeah. audience. Find it. <laughs> yeah, maybe we didn't, and maybe it's it's all a dream. But I've talked about it somewhere. I tell you because what, I'm what familiar I thought, with it. What my thought was, it might have been in your Panatic member podcast. No, no, mm-hmm. it wasn't. No, because it was last year. It was. You early... might have brought it up though. I don't remember ever talking about this. Nah, yeah. I mean, I haven't talked about it recently. It's been well over a year. Hmm. Well over a year. So, Well, there's your challenge, Panatics audience. Yeah. Find it. Because I know we didn't talk about it more than we're talking about it right now. Like, it was like a passing thing. Okay. It was like a quick, like, oh my god, look at this thing. That might and, have been why I don't remember it then. Yeah, but normally we'd, we would li- still link it in the show notes because I know I had a link to I had a link to the landing page of the... Uh, of the pen back when uh, we talked about it hmm. or I talked about it at some point. So whatever, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's interesting. It's a interesting discussion topic, but um, there's no way this works. Right. I mean, there's, there's just no way it works. Yeah. Uh, and, I tell you what also doesn't work huh? when you put your pens <laughs> in the wash. <laughs> yeah. So I'm usually pretty good about this kind of stuff. And I've been pretty set on my little everyday carry kit um, here recently, and I've been posting it a bunch, and it just kind of sticks with me. It's the um, Fodder Stack XL with a pen addict uh, Kickstarter notebook, and I either switch between the Fisher Space Pen or the Shone Design, which is what I just put in it. And I was real busy this past weekend, and I was carrying that around with me. And then at some point, I couldn't find it, but... I didn't think to look in the laundry because I had cleaned my desk and my desk was like stacked high with mess. And so I figured I'd just put it somewhere and I would eventually come up with it. Um, it turns out I didn't put it somewhere, but I did eventually come up with it when I got a pair of shorts out of the washing machine and was transferring them to the dryer. And I saw like orange fluff everywhere. I was like, I think I know where my <laughs> where my EDC kit is. Um, so yeah, they the notebook thankfully stayed in the fodder stack, or else it would have been over the entire washing machine. Um, the fodder stack stayed intact pretty well. The notebook's done, um, but it was all at least all in one piece. Besides uh, some of the the cover shaking off, the pen stayed in um, my pocket of my shorts it came out of the fodder stack but stayed in the pocket of the shorts um and it didn't have a mark on it didn't have any water in it this is the shown design aluminum um and the refill was the fisher space pen thank goodness because (laughs) that that ink's not coming out any other refill that ink's everywhere um thankfully it was that and i just took it out and it started writing right away so the pen's in good shape uh everything else is kind of uh kind of jacked up now but um that hasn't happened to me in a long time um so uh (laughs) at least i found it know where it was because it bothered me for like three days i was like i'm not there's only x amount of places that i put my stuff down 
why is this thing that I carry every day not where it should be? I was like, and I just chalked it up to, I did a huge cleaning and rearranging. It must've just gotten eaten up by something I moved and I'll come up with it eventually. And uh, it eventually ended up being in the washing machine. So <laughs> have you ever done that? Have you ever uh, had like any like huge damage kind of accidents like that? Luckily not. Luckily yeah. not. Yeah. So Glenn HK in the in the chat room um, says knock expands into fashionable shorts. That's Jeff's category. Um, he gets a lot of grief for the shorts he wears. <laughs> so if y'all want to see, we did a new history page on the knock site, which I don't think we've talked about yet. So like on our, uh, I think it's on our about page. I'll have to pull it up. Actually, we did a, a new timeline history, and there's a, a he's actually sitting in the in this picture, but we had an outtake of the other picture um, where he was standing. And um, he got a lot. We posted that on our in, the knock Instagram, and he uh, he got a lot of grief about his shorts. Uh, so Jeff wears short shorts, if you will. Uh, they are so short that when you just <laughs> glance at this photo, it looks like he isn't wearing any shorts. Well, they're also like that camel brown color, so yeah. they're close to skin color. Yeah, that's an interesting shot. <laughs> I guess you're going for I guess you're going for the sexy, right? On the I have page. no idea. I have no idea. I he just <laughs> he stuck a chair out in the in the parking lot and set up the timer on his thing, so we had no clue when it was even shooting off. I think he was hitting it on his watch. So yeah, it's funny. But I like we got that a, photo we, a lot. So yeah, I do actually. I do like that photo a lot too. So anyway, that was our. I wear long shorts, um, but. If I wore short shorts, I probably would have noticed that um, I had a whole pen and notebook and pen case in them when I took them off. So there you that. go. See, Jeff's got it made. He does have it made. He understands. All right. So I'm going to save us right now and let's get into some uh, follow up from last week where we talked about gel ballpoint and rollerball pens. Right. So we had um, a bunch of people wanting to hear kind of a, an update of the non fountain pen scene. And so we kind of we went through that and then I got a really good question um, from Ryan who asks, um, what would you consider the three canonical ballpoint, liquid rollerball and gel ink pens? If someone wanted to understand the different qualities of these three inks, what three pens would you recommend getting that would be representative? So I thought about that. The gel for me was super easy. Um, And it's the Uniball Sino 207. 0.5 0.5 millimeter in black so that's the most common sino that's the one you can find at grocery stores at office supply stores at online stores anywhere and everywhere you, you'll see the 207 and it's a really excellent gel ink pen it's better than the g2 in my opinion um people might prefer the pentel Intergel over it i don't but I can see that argument. It's maybe a little bit smoother, but I don't think there's just a better overall writing experience than the 207, just right off the store shelf. That's easy for just anyone to get. And I say black specifically because I've actually had problems with their blue hmm. 0.5 millimeters. The 0.7s don't have the problem. The blue has always run dry for me in the 0.5 207, so I never buy those. I always buy the black. So that one was easy. I think if you want, if you've never tried a gel pen and you want to say, what is a gel pen like? The easiest and best thing for you to get is the Sino 207. I actually completely agree. This is one yeah. of my gateways. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
Um, and honestly, I think the most popular gateway is the G2 because they, they sell more. It's more popular. It's more well-known. And that's a good pen, too. If you're asking me to pick just one for someone to go try that's never tried a gel pen, I'd, I'd send them to the 207. The ballpoint was harder because the jet streams like a cheat ballpoint. But it's also one of those that if you like a ballpoint and use a ballpoint, you don't need to be using a traditional ballpoint ink cartridge. So I still went with the jet stream, but in a specific one, 0.7 millimeter, which I think is the sweet spot for them. 1.0 millimeter gets, it doesn't get messy, but I just don't think it's as clean looking. Um, writer i don't think the output is as perfect as the 0.7 which i think is about perfect i definitely prefer it in blue which i like all my ballpointings in blue and the retractable sport barrel which is actually the cheapest jet stream option i think um i don't like the rubberized barrels that you find um on the store shelves most of them are like in blue and black with like the silver trim for some reason I don't like those refills as much and I'm sure it's the exact identical refill, but they're also more expensive for the same refill. Um, 0.7 blue in one of the retractable sport barrels, I think is the ballpoint. If I sent you to a store, like if we walked in together, I would go here, try this. That's the one I would pick out. Rollerball is interesting because there's not a lot of great options on the shelf for what you would think of as a traditional rollerball. Um, because because when we say, you and I say, rollerball, I'm talking about ink properties. I'm talking liquid ink. When other people are thinking rollerball, they're thinking a ball that rolls on the end of the tip. Well, gel, ballpoint, rollerball pins are all rollerballs. That's how they deliver the ink to the page. So when I'm talking rollerball, I'm talking liquid ink. I, I, I think, and I, I still might change my mind on this, and the only reason I don't put it as the canonical rollerball ink pen is because it's a needle point the pilot precise v5 was my original answer but i think because it's needle point i'd swap to the pilot v ball rt in 0.5 millimeter black uh, it's the same ink as the v5 it's just in a conical tip pen it's in a retractable barrel as opposed to the needle of the precise line i like the needle points I do too. Like that would be my preference. But if I'm, if someone's never tried a rollerball pen or they want to try it, never tried a liquid ink pen. And at this point, you know, they're, they're probably just not sure what of any pen, if they've never tried, if they don't know what they've tried and they want to try a rollerball pen, I'm not going to, if I'm holding your hand, walking you into a store, I'm probably not going to buy you a needle tip pen, right? It's just, even though I think that's probably the best for that category, I think the V-Ball gives you kind of the same performance, but a more traditional style. So, Yeah, it could be a little bit intimidating, but mm-hmm. I think for me, I find the uh, needle points to be more pleasurable to use. That's the But v- they run out so fast. Yeah, that's just inherent to any liquid ink pen. Yeah. But the, the precise V5 and V7, I mean, those are pens that people buy by the dozens and, you know, swear their life by and lock them up, you know, in their yeah. office desk. They're Jet really, pens really good have pen. some great colors in the V5 as well. I'm looking like yep. a turquoise one. Mm-hmm. That, looks, that looks good, man. Yep, yep, yep. It's good. So those are the three. Like, if you've never tried any of those pens, those are the ones that give you, would give you the best overall idea of what that style of pen would be like so 
and um, they're all easy to find. You know, there's something you can pick up at almost any store, um, any store around. So then Ryan also asked, would it also be possible to cover refills? That's a longer conversation, but we'll get into it a little bit. One thing I do, I actually have a text expander snippet for people that uh, ask about refills and I always point them to Anna's epic refill reference guide um, because she go- covers a lot of this information. So about once a week, I'm uh, invoking that uh, snippet, <laughs> sending it to someone. Hey, take a look at this. I bet you'll have some, uh, I bet you'll get a lot out of this article. But he asks, what's the main type of refills? What's a Parker refill? What's a G2 refill? What are your favorites? So a Parker refill is probably the most popular um, because Parker has been around so long. They have a what was, I guess, once a propriety, re, proprietary refill design that now a ton of companies have made a refill in that same shape. So you can get a lot of different options across the Parker lineup, like the Space Pen. Um, it comes with a little uh, plug on the end that you put on the end, so it'll fit a Parker uh, refill, if you will. Uh, my favorite Parker refill is the Moleskine gel refill, which is becoming harder and harder to get in 0.5 millimeter. I almost never see it anymore. I don't know if they're doing away with them or what. It's just not an easy one to find, and they're very expensive. But that's my favorite Parker refill because it comes in gel. Not many Parker refills come in gel. They're mostly ballpoint or liquid. Um, If you do find a gel one, hang on to them. They're pretty good, uh, especially if you're into gel ink pens. A G2 refill became one of the most common like Kickstarter refills to use because so many other pens mimic and will fit what the Pilot G2 is based around, like a Mont Blanc refill with a little bit of trimming will fit in a Pilot G2. Um, other Pilot refills like the Juice will fit in a G2. I believe the Zebra Sarasa Clip refill fits the G2. So that became a really popular more recently. So out of those, out of all refill types, 90% of pens are gonna use one or the other, Parker or G2. To confuse matters, in Europe and probably, I don't know if it's in Asia or or where else, the G2 designation means Parker refill, which I learned about a year ago, year or two ago when I was reviewing a pen, said it's compatible with the G2 and they shipped it to me with a Parker. And then I learned that the international designation for the Parker size refill is G2. So that kind of blew my mind. So be careful um, if you're if you're looking for that. So a lot of people, if you'll see Parker and then like G2 in parentheses, it's Parker for sure. It's not going to fit like your longer pilot G2 gel refills. Just keep that in mind. Um, so that's it in a nutshell. You know, the only other U- Uniball... Um, it's hard to match their refills without a little bit of trimming. You can get them to fit in some of the G2 stuff. Um, sometimes you have to make um, special barrel designs like the, the TI2 Tech liner that I'll use so much. It fits the Uni 207 and the Jetstream, but it doesn't fit really other pins very well. Um, so they're harder. Same with the Hi-Tech C. Pins that are built around the Hi-Tech C are generally just built for that refill. It's a little bit tricky in the shape. So there's modifications and different things you can find, but just for a straight like one-to-one refill swap, they're not really compatible with a lot. So it's Parker, 
it's Pilot G2, and then it's everything else. And Anna's uh, refill guide will will guide you and help answer a lot of those questions. It's in the show notes. Mm-hmm. All right. So other than that, today we have some more Ask TPA yeah. we're going to do. But should we take a break first? Yeah, let's take a quick break, and then we'll hit this Ask TPA. I don't think any of them are like super long and involved like uh, like that one. So I'd like to uh, knock them out if it's good with you. You bet. Thanks so much to Harry's for the continued support of this show. If you are still, still, for a reason that I can't understand, not a Harry's subscriber, if you don't have Harry's products, if you don't buy from Harry's, if you don't do any of those things, I don't know what you're doing. If you shave, if you are a person that shaves, you need to be using Harry's because you will be able to get a comfortable shave at a great price. If you're not using Harry's, then you're either paying too much or you're settling for something low quality. You don't want this. You want a company that you know can provide you with a great shave every day, a company that makes their own blades, their own German-engineered 5 blade cartridges that are going to give you a close comfortable shave every single time you want a company that guarantees the quality of their products you want a company that will give you a full refund if you're not happy this is why over 1 million people have switched to harry's and it's time for you to be one of them if for some reason you haven't already. On average, an everyday shaver saves $150 each year on Blades of Harry's, and it's super easy to buy their stuff as well. You'll be able to go to their site, get what you need, and check out in 30 seconds, and it will be shipped to you for free. For just $15, you can get a razor, moisturizing shave cream, and three razor blades. It is a set called the Truman Set, and you'll be able to get something. I have one of these, and I think it is fantastic. It is way better quality than only $15. It's kind of insane that you can get a really great razor handle and all those products for $15, something that looks good as well. Like, it doesn't look like it costs $15. It looks like it costs way more. And they have loads of other options. They have loads of other uh, styles and uh, materials that you can get the handles made out of. You should go and check it out. It's time to stop overpaying for a great shave. Go to harrys.com right now and you'll get $5 off if you type in the coupon code PENADDICT who's your first purchase. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com. Coupon code PENADDICT, all one word, at checkout for a special $5 off. Thank you so much to Harry's for their support of this show and Relay FM. Awesome. Thank you, Harry's. All right, so let's hit a few of these. And, and number one was actually a uh, a few people asked this question in the Slack yesterday, and this is uh, from uh, X Word Addict. Uh, Rachel wanted to wanted to hear thoughts on the best, safest way to transport inks while moving, and also why does she have so many bottles of ink? So I don't think this is rocket science, but whenever I move and I have to handle anything that's either one very important or two very fragile or three both, um, the first thing I do is move those myself. Like if I'm not moving myself and there's someone else involved, they don't touch things like the fountain pens or the inks. Those get packed in boxes, they go in my car. Um, so they go away from other people's hands. No one else transports that kind of fragile, important stuff. Um, two, I would pack the inks in small boxes and just have to and deal with carrying a large quantity of smaller boxes as opposed to one or two larger heavy boxes. Even if you think you can get them all packed in there nice and tight and packed, I would opt for smaller, tighter packed boxes. Um if they have to go into a moving truck or they're 
being transported in some other way that's out of your hands. I don't, I'd almost individually ziplock some of those in case they do bust during transit. Um, I mean, that's asking a lot uh, of time and effort to do, but you know, it, it, it may save the ink from getting on whatever else it's sitting on at, at the time um, while it's moving and, and happens to get broken. But um, I don't think there's a perfect answer. I don't think there's a perfect way to do it. I'm definitely open to suggestions um, if anyone has any great ideas, but I definitely believe in packing them in smaller boxes, you know, use eight small boxes instead of two large ones, and then moving moving them yourself, keeping your hands and eyes on them, um, as opposed to letting anyone else uh, touch any of that stuff, because you never know what's, what's going to happen, because the, they won't be as considerate as you ever will. My, I mean, I don't do it, but like I would just put it in bubble wrap and then as much like saran wrap or something and tape, like to basically yeah. make it that nothing could get out of that package. Right. That's the thing for me. It's not necessarily protecting it from breaking because mm-hmm. there's kind of nothing you can do about that, in my opinion. Like if it's going to break, it's going to break. You can put it in bubble wrap, but bubble wrap's not going to save like a big box being dropped on it. Yeah. You just got to You've got to package it that it won't leak. That's mm-hmm. the key part, I think. Yep. Yep, exactly. All right, so the next next question uh, it was a was a holdover from last week we didn't get to, but I wanted to ask you this, Mike, uh, because I'm actually having a little bit of a tough time with this, but I have I have some ideas. So this is from Nestlive on the on the Twitter machine. Uh, what is one combination you've tried of pen, ink, and paper that work on their own, but don't in that particular combination? Why do you think that? So if you've had like a, a pen ink and paper like you know your pen's awesome you have a great ink and this paper's like really really good but then you put all those things together and just like this is not a good combination or a good setup do you have you ever like run across anything like that i can't think of like a devilish trio mm-hmm. like that but mm-hmm. like i've had individual ones like you take some of the jaya bon ink stones with the sparklies in them Mm-hmm. Sometimes they work really great in some pens and not in others, right? And it depends on how yeah. thick the nib is. Some of them, it's just going to clog them up, right? Or some, like you put this ink in there that's got all this mm-hmm. sparkly stuff in it and none of it comes out because the, the the nib is too fine or whatever. You don't get the benefit of it. Right. Or, you know, and I've used... See, the thing is, I don't feel like I've, I use enough ink or paper, like I, not enough varied stuff to really right. kind of make a, a, a real decision on this, you know, because my paper tends to be quite similar. I mean, I can tell you, like, you know, there there are a bunch of, um, like, field notes papers or whatever that are good, like, when they go crazy with them and do some weird stuff. Like, for example, um, the Expedition Edition is the opposite for me. The Expedition Edition with a Fisher Space Pen, it's like writing on a banana with a biro, right? Like, it's <laughs> right. incredible. But yeah. every other pen on that edition is a nightmare. Yeah. So... I yeah, don't really so, have a good answer for that question, but yeah, I, I've totally felt that some combinations work, some don't. Yeah, I don't totally have a um, a no go setup. Um, I will say number one on paper, um, and I'm glad this has kind of gone away. But stone paper and fountain pens is horrible. I'm glad stone paper is not really a thing that stuck around. Um, it's just bad. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, so any fountain pen ink and stone paper is terrible. I also. Don't use Fuyugaki in anything. I will not accept that. Mm-hmm. So that's just one of those things that doesn't work for me. It's because <laughs> you're a heathen. 
I just have so many better oranges that I always use. So incorrect. Every time I put in Fuyugaki, I'm like, nope. Let's go to something else. I try because you know I, that I, you I, I won't try. be able to use any other orange ink afterwards because it's so perfect. I guess I'm even using my orange. Uh, I'm even using your favorite pen today, uh, but with uh, so the, uh, the sailor. Yeah, so I'm ding. using my orange pro gear right now with Fuyugaki in it. Yeah, so on I, the uh, on the byline. I need to just uh, aside. I freaking love the byline edition. Oh my god, I love it so much for yes. for the show notes stuff. It's uh-huh. so good. It's so good. The really long, thin uh, format works so good for my like desk notes like this. Yep. I get to stand it up, and it's in front of my computer, and I can see all the edit points that I've got to make, and it's really long and, and thin, and I've, I've still got a bunch of desk space. Like I haven't got a notepad taking all my desk space in front of me up. Yeah, I love the byline. I should probably buy some more, because I've nearly run through one of them already. <laughs> yeah, so I'm using the, the same pen, the same paper, but I, I do have a different ink. I have a a, a hard-to-find Sailor ink in there, and, and I can't even remember the name, because I wasn't planning on talking about it, but I think it's Okuyama. It's it's a red. Um, it may be like, a, the was it Grenade? I, I forget the, the, the old Sailor color that it kind of mimicked, but it was one of the fall series from like several years ago that I paid way too much for like a limited edition ink that I'm sure is going to come right back and, and be nice and cheap again. But it's a great ink. It goes, I like red with orange um, a lot. So I put, um, I do have red in my orange pins sometimes, except for my G10. That one only has orange. Uh, so Punk, Punky in the chat room asked me how long it took for me to go through all my arts and sciences. Mm-hmm. What do you think the answer is to that? Uh, Infinity. I, they're still there <laughs> right like i haven't gone through anything uh mm. but now i'm buying more of a different edition because that's just what we do i guess yep. so yeah I'm, I'm buying two more packs of uh of byline right now because i love this edition so much yeah i'm gonna have to, i'm going shopping after the podcast today <laughs> there's a few things i want um notice that i didn't say that i i need but there's a few things that i want so uh, i just haven't been picking hey, those things up recently but it's okay to buy things that you want mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's no harm in that no harm so r- related to that previous question but uh i'm really asking glenn's question more for the second one than the first one when he says theme themed ink loadouts besides your infamous blue black party for me uh, my best one that is always pretty much the same is my edison orange g10 with an orange ink and it's usually a sailor orange ink and it's either um uh apricot um the super related ken mokuse i don't know if i said that right and uh now the uh, one of the one of the new oranges uh, i have tangerine from bung box i have like four sailor orange inks that are all really close and those always go in my g10 that's my that's my perfect themed pen and ink loadout and i think you're using your perfect theme pen and ink loadout right now yeah, right Mike? yeah 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 so his second question is would you queue for an hour for a custom traveler's notebook my answer is this is a very specific question this is a very specific question because i i'm going to turn this a, a little bit my answer is yes because even if i'm not using like a travelers and i i like it i would like to get a custom one and like an hour wouldn't be long to wait would i camp overnight for a custom travelers notebook is the question that comes to my head and that answer is no right there's a 
there's a difference. <laughs> like I'm good with an hour for getting something cool like that. Yeah, I would do that in a second. What about you? Uh, probably not for this. Mm-hmm. Like because I don't really have a desire. But if there was a, th- if like for example, if Aaron Draplin was customizing Field Notes notebooks, mm-hmm. I would queue for many hours. Right. Right. Like if yeah. I got a custom book, you know, like I could go in there and be like, I want it with this poster. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Yeah, I'd queue for that. So I think overall, the answer is yes, we would queue for stationary items. <laughs> yeah, because I'm assuming um, that for this one, like the, the the custom traveler's notebook would be something that they would want, right? Like th- th- yeah. this has been picked out, like Glenn has picked this out because it's something that he loves, right? Yeah, But definitely. for me and you, that's maybe not so much. There, there are other things we probably would prefer to queue for an hour for. Yep, yep. So this next question um, from Lee Smooflon uh, on, on Twitter. Have any of you tried the Sailor Pro Gear Rialo? Wanted to get one, but read the barrel quality is worse than on the cartridge model. I have not, other than in passing, both uh, Jeff and uh, Joe from the Gentleman Stacer have the Rialo that Bungbox released. It's a bright yellow one. And I've never, it's the shape of the 1911, but it's a piston filler with an ink window. So I've never used it other than just like testing them out, like in that moment. So I don't have a great answer from this, but if anyone has any Riallo experience that's been negative, I'd love to hear it because I've never heard of any. Um, It's not a popular sailor model um, because it's a little bit more expensive. You're paying for that piston. Um, and people tend to go with either the 1911 or Pro Gear majority of the time. But I, I would like to hear an answer from this question if anyone out there is a Rialo fan that's had issues with it because that's a pen I will probably purchase at, at some point um, just because I, I'm such a fan of Sailor and I would like to try a Sailor piston filler. So we'll see. Um, so I, hit us up if you have uh, any information. So Gray asked, any opinions on the Lamy 50th anniversary logo M plus ballpoint? Have you seen this one before? Uh, I put the links in the show notes. No. So the the Lamy logo ballpoint in general, I don't like. I don't like the design or shape of the barrel, so I'm not super interested in it. And what they're doing for the 50 years, they have a special color, and they're selling it as a set with a journal. And you can get that set for $25, so it's a really good deal. If you're into that pen, it's not something I'm interested in. And what they did with the notebook, which I am not even remotely a fan of, it looks good on the outside, but it has a bunch of Lamy history. It's like part book, book, yeah. book, and then part notebook. And that's, I just Why hate when people that? do that. I, it makes no sense. But the product as a whole for the notebook and the pen is only $25, so can't really complain there. Yeah, the, if you want something to commemorate the Lamy 50th, this is maybe the mm-hmm. thing to buy because it's not super expensive. Yep. But the um, the logo has never been my favorite ballpoint of theirs. I don't like the design, and the notebook looks great from the outside, but is not not for me at all. No. All right, so I run tech on Twitter. Asked, uh, she says she's a teacher looking for a convertible backpack briefcase messenger bag. Suggestions? What do you think, Mike? Oh, topo design mountain <laughs> briefcase. It's really one of the only ones that hits all three that converts yep. from backpack to briefcase to messenger bag. Yep, because Tom Bin they do something quite nice there, uh, their briefcase thing, but it doesn't have backpack straps. 
It doesn't have backpack straps. So I linked in the show notes to like the entire Tom Ben briefcase and messenger bag. That would be my first choice if you can escape not having the backpack straps. So pick anything from there. You'll be happy. If you want exactly what you're talking about, the bag I use the most is the Topo Designs Mountain Briefcase. So it has handles for a briefcase, it has a shoulder strap for messenger carry, and it has backpack straps. Yeah, the only bad, the only downside of the of the mountain briefcase is the briefcase handles are not good. Like they should be padded or something, and they're not. They're just like Cordura or whatever you'd call it. They're just yeah. two strips of that, which is not very comfortable if the bag's heavy. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, it's basically so perfect. That's. F- that I'm okay with because most smaller size briefcases come with that. You can actually buy a little add-on if you wanted to. Yeah, I but could never actually, find a good add-on though. If you, if you know one, yeah, I haven't bought one because that doesn't bother me. But what I did do, I think their messenger strap is the weak point in it because it's just a strap with no padding. I actually, right. um, yeah. You see, I took that off immediately because yeah, that just wasn't but, that wasn't what I wanted. I found uh, one of my friends, Michael, at the Chicago Pin Show was carrying it with a different strap. And I was like, what is that strap you're using? And he told me which one it is. And it's essentially what the the, the soft um, strap that Tom Ben uses for their bags that I got off Amazon for like 17 bucks. And it's a game changer. So uh, I will have to find that uh, for you. And we can link that in the show notes. So I actually have an aftermarket strap on my mountain briefcase. The only other option that I really found from a brand that I respect, I don't own any of their bags right now, but Dispatch makes wonderful bags. They have one called a Tech Messenger. It's not a traditional backpack or messenger bag, but it's got an interesting strap, interesting strapping system that looked kind of cool. Um, and it's got the briefcase handles. So that's just something we'll throw in the show notes for you to look at. All right. Hot Couple Loving, who I think's in the chat room today. Um, said the 2016 Atlanta Pin Show was my first and things got out of hand fast. What advice do you have for Pin Show number two? Michael Hurley, go. Well, I, my first Pin Show got out of hand fast. The second one, just be chill. Like, that, that's my, that is my overall uh, recommendation for your second Pin Show. Just be chill. Like, you've it's been to so one now, different. you've seen it, like, you've been caught up in all the excitement. The second time you go, like, you will be calmer anyway, and just use that as your focus. Stay within your budget. Don't buy everything just because it's a pen show, right? That was what I did the first time. Bought everything. I didn't really buy... I probably bought half, if that, in my second show. I think that's the way to go. It's such a different experience that... um I it's even hard to explain you'll be you will totally be so much more relaxed like mike said i think as if you had like the best time ever on your first pin show i think you will enjoy your second one even more just because you will be less stressed and just get more like pure enjoyment instead of like the stress on top of it or the nerves kind of thing you know i don't necessarily have any tips to do anything differently it'll just be a completely different feel you'll feel like yeah i've done this i'm good i know what i'm doing and i'm just going to go around it and i'm going to do my thing and it's going to be so much more relaxed and uh really really enjoyable so yeah i uh i think getting into that second one is a world difference world of difference and uh you will just by default have a better idea of everything to do so all right last one it's from Piscotius. 
I recently got my first Franklin Kristoff 40P with a fine nib, but it's too wet for field notes. Would an EF or needlepoint be better for field notes? Um, this is where Mike and I fight, and to answer Joey's question, um, we don't, uh, Joey Feldman's question in the Slack room, we don't really fight over, you know, we don't have the old married couples fight, but we do fight over this topic, so I'm going to let you take it, Michael Hurley. Well, okay. Uh, I just think that you, you, you're fine, right? Just deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, that's fair. You know, I, like, I, I don't think... Fight, yeah, we don't fight over that. I'm just kidding. Just wait for it to dry. Right? If you're See, having a fieldness problem. And I take, I take the um, path of not using it. I don't use fountain pens in my field notes. Especially, I mean, not the ones that don't have the 70-pound the paper in them, at least. Yeah, I mean, I think it's usable. I mean, if you're having problems with a specific pen, try out um, a different pen, right? Like, if this pen is the only one that you're struggling with, then maybe it's just this pen. I think that they are usable. It's not perfect, right? And, and they have some of the heavier paper where it does work better. But for for me, and I think for many people, it, it's fine. You've just got to go into it knowing that it's not going to be like... I don't know, Tomorrow River Paper or whatever. Um, yeah. But, and if you can take that, if you can accept that because of the other reasons that you like the field notes, then you're fine. But I would suggest if it's, this is a new thing or it's just this one pen, try out some other stuff. If it still doesn't work for you, go for the thicker paper. If the thicker paper doesn't work, then you're out of luck. Yeah, and your extra fine or, ne- or needle points are definitely going to work better than a medium nib. Um, in field notes, it's just not, not going to bleed or feather as much. But you either just have to own it and accept it or not use it. There's there's just really not uh, a middle ground there, I don't think, with mm-hmm. uh, field notes and fountain pens. Yep. So and, and both answers are good. So, All right, I think that's it for this week, buddy. Good show. Yeah, you bet. Um, if you want to find the show notes for this week, you know where to go. Relay.fm slash penaddict slash 214. If you would like to find Brad online, he is uh, over at The Pen Addict. So you can go to penaddict.com for that. He is at knockco at knock.co. He is on Instagram uh, at penaddict. He is on Twitter at dowdyism, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M. I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E. We'll be back next time. Thank you so much to our sponsors, Pen Chalet and Harry's. Thank you for listening. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.